All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Left Side of Liberty podcast. And today, uh, I just wanted to say before I get started that today will be my last podcast for a while. Um, of course, there 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 are an infinite number of podcasts to come, but I have to go back to school in a few days, so. Wah, 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 you know, so, um, but it's my last semester, so I'll definitely try and work something. Or, I'll try to make this a, a pretty regular side gig. So, but the, the, the main point is that this will be my last podcast for a while, and sometimes I come home on the weekend, so maybe I could do a uh, one podcast on the weekend, uh, or on, on some weekends, but uh, yeah, this is going to be my last regular one for the next, uh, let's see, four months, I guess. So anyway, point is uh, that you're going to get them sporadically from now on until May or June. So anyway... Today, what I've got for you guys in the double video breakdown is a, there's a common theme in both of these videos that I'm going to show you. They're both about five or six minutes long. The first one is from Kyle Kalinske from Secular Talk, who I often praise on this podcast, but this is an instance where I'm going to give him a little bit of criticism. And to be fair, maybe he's educated himself a little bit more since then, but I haven't really seen much evolution in his knowledge on this topic. But the the basic theme of both of the videos that I'm going to show you, one being from Kyle Kalinske and the other being from Sean Hannity, Tammy Bruce, and Sean Spicer. They're on this panel on Hannity's show. So what what do all these people have in common? Now, of course, Kyle Kalinske is by far and away the best, the brightest, and the smartest of all of those guys. But, uh, or, and in Tammy Bruce's case, women. Uh, so people, I should say. <laughs> Sorry, getting off track here. But anyway... Out of all those guys, Kyle's definitely the smartest, and he's the most knowledgeable on this particular topic, but he's still got a lot to learn, and he doesn't know quite as much as he probably thinks he does. So, what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about socialism. So, the theme of the double video breakdown today is... People who talk about socialism, but they don't have a correct understanding of exactly what socialism is. So, the video clip, you can find it on YouTube, but obviously, since this is a podcast, you're just going to hear the audio. But, uh, this video, Kyle did about four or five years ago, four years ago, and the video title is... Who is more liberal, Kyle or Russell Brand? Or Russell Brand or Kyle. There we go. <laughs> so, already I have 
a little bit of an issue because that's a tiny bit misleading because if you advocate for socialism and what Russell Brand is going to advocate for is more like a libertarian socialist kind of uh, society. That's not liberal. By definition, that's, that's not liberal. So already there's an issue there. But uh, let's hear Kyle Kalinske out. Now, the basis of this video is Russell Brand, again, about four or five years ago, did an interview with Cenk Uger from the Young Turks. And I went back and I watched that video and I was impressed by a lot of what Russell Brand said. And I think that Kyle missed some things. And off the top of my head, I will get to a specific criticism that Kyle has of Russell Brand that I'm just going to debunk, I guess, or, or I'm going to criticize Kyle's criticism of Russell Brand. So anyway... Um, Let's hear what Kyle, or at least uh, five years ago, four, four years ago, sorry, four years ago, Kyle uh, has to say about Russell Brand and socialism and a non-hierarchical sort of communal society. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Cenk Uger did a great interview with Russell Brand, and in the interview, Brand actually laid out his philosophy of government at one point. So I want to take a listen here, and then there's a lot to say about it. They prevent people rising to the top of the pyramid because there's no pyramid to rise to the top of. And we have an ecological imperative, like no time in history, because we're rapidly burning up the planet's resources. So how do you disseminate that power, then? How do you disperse it? Is it by partly dispersing the wealth? Uh, is there other ways of doing it? Well, what I think is wherever possible, take away the incentives of profit. Wherever possible, take away the incentives of profit. And if uh, people... Like, you know, I think this myth that our best and our brightest and our finest are only motivated by money and privilege and comfort i don't necessarily think that that's true i think if you need I, what i'm talking about it's not some misty-eyed mythical sort of sweet hippiedom i'm talking about ruthless pragmatism we have a certain amount of resources we have a certain amount of people we have a certain amount of time before the planet expires let's get the resources to the people let's implement systems that distribute resources fairly don't have global trade agreements that means certain organizations benefit hugely whilst others flounder in poverty don't have a system where 30 billion dollars could resolve world hunger forever and that 30 billion dollars isn't found in spite of the fact that every eight days 30 billion dollars is spent on arms that's just silly that's a silly thing for us to engage in so i would say i would say collectivization and cooperation decentralized and deconcentrated power okay okay uh so that's what russell brand laid out there so he's saying a very similar thing and then i'll get to what kyle his response to this, but what Russell Brand is trying to say there is why don't we have a system, an economic system that, like, why is our economic system right now 
Why do we accept? There we go. Why do we accept that the system right now is where he gives the example of world hunger, where $30 billion could wipe out world hunger forever. It would be gone. And Jeff Bezos, if you look at his net worth, has enough money to remedy that about five times over. And he doesn't. And so, so even if he gave just $30 billion, he'd still be left with like 120. Now, of course, he's getting divorced. So maybe uh, his wife is going to take some of that uh, money away from him. But overall, you're still going to be mega, 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 mega rich and make you know, this guy is the richest person in the world. He's got more money than he knows what to do with. Why don't you give it to people that actually need it? You know, so Russell Brand, his point there is, is, look, we need to distribute resources fairly. Now, some libertarians and conservatives would straw man us saying fair, uh, you know, us more socialist and, and, those who advocate for a more collective cooperative society, as Russell Brand was saying, that gets straw manned. The fairness thing gets straw manned as equality, where some people would probably look at that and say, I think Russell Brand is saying that, or, or, or they would say, oh, uh, Russell, Russell Brand is saying that uh, everybody uh gets, I don't know, let, let's say there's trees and you need a certain amount of, I don't know, firewood, let's say. Well, Russell Brand is saying that we can only get two, you know, logs for firewood each and that's it. Uh, No. Fairness doesn't mean everybody has to get the same amount of resources. If you need more, there's plenty of resources. So this is where I partially disagree with Russell Brand, where he was like, oh, our resources are, are burning up. Well, the non-renewable resources are, by definition, sort of whittling away, but... In general, I do buy the argument that we are in a post-scarcity period and the capitalist class is the one that's hoarding all of the capital and all of the wealth and all the resources. So, uh, but I agree with a lot of what Russell Brand is saying there. And with Jenk, I, I think I can answer his question by simply saying that he's thinking about it too much in the capitalist framework where he's like, well, what do you do with the, do you disperse the wealth? Do you disperse? No, you abolish capital completely, Jenk. That's what he's talking about there. Uh, and you know, w w hence why Russell Brand was saying, wherever possible, take away the incentive of take away the profit motive. This is essentially what he's saying. And so, so we're not talking about everybody gets, you know, $10,000 after we overthrow the capitalists or whatever. No, that's not what we're saying. 
uh, we're saying get rid of the capital, get rid of the profit motive wherever possible, and and distribute resources fairly, which means based on need. So if you need, if <clears throat> sorry, if you need. For a family of four, let's say, if you need four apples, you're going to get four apples. Just because your neighbor down the street only needs two doesn't mean that you're not going to get two. So, and especially with things like automation and 3D printing, you could print up as many apples as you want, you know. So, it's really, really, I, I like Russell Brand's phrase about how we're burning up the planet and and he's saying we have an we have an ecological imperative to be a more collectivistic and cooperative society and i totally agree with that and you decentralize and deconcentrate as russell brand said that power and you put it back in the hands of the people back in the hands of the workers and I'm not, as I've said before, I'm not naive enough to believe that all problems would cease, but I'm just saying it would reduce the problems in society. So if we let uh, workers have control over their own work and over the means of production. So let's get into Kyle's response because I think, I don't think he's being purposely disingenuous or misleading. I think he genuinely just doesn't understand what Russell Brand just said. I think, you know, he he was trying, but he 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 didn't get it. So Okay. So there's a lot there. A lot of it I agree with and some of it I disagree with. So the area where I totally agree is where he points out the obvious and what he calls ruthless pragmatism, which is this idea that, well, why the fuck are we spending all this money in the military industrial complex and where, you know, spending $30 billion on weaponry per day or per week or whatever it is. And then meanwhile, we can cure world hunger for that amount and we don't. It doesn't even fucking cross our mind. Yeah, that's a problem, and we should flip it, and he's right. We should address that problem, and we should go down that road. So that's the, uh, obviously, because he just said it, that's the part where, where Kyle agrees with us in that we should stop wasting money and capital and lives on military and give whatever resources we can to the people that need it the most so that we can combat world hunger. And for the record, that comes from the UN, that statistic of $30 billion. That comes from the UN. So Russell Brand wasn't pulling it out of his ass. That's a legitimate UN statistic. So uh, just, you know, just so you guys know. So anyway... Now Kyle's going to get into his disagreements with Russell Brand. And for the record, I covered this exact video on my YouTube channel, also called The Left Side of Liberty. So you can check out that as well. And I also uh, criticize another one of Kyle's videos on, on this similar topic. So 
Anyway, carry on, Kyle. Let's get into your disagreements and what you have to say here. But the areas where he loses me a little bit, see, this is where my my true colors as what I often refer to as me being an international centrist or an international moderate, this is where that comes out, okay? And I, you start to realize I'm not as far left as a guy like Russell Brand. I'm not with the people in the zeitgeist movement. I'm not even with somebody like Noam Chomsky, who's, of course, a brilliant scholar. I agree with Noam Chomsky's criticism on American foreign policy and imperialism. He's totally right about that. On domestic policy, I kind of disagree with him. You know, and even with like Karl Marx, for example, I think his critique of capitalism was brilliant, but I think his uh, proposed solutions were not so brilliant. Okay, so. Okay, so right there, you can hear Kyle admitting that, you know, he's basically saying, hey, I'm portrayed as this like far left guy and I'm pretty milquetoast, man. I'm pretty centrist. Uh, in reality and that's true and I applaud Kyle for admitting that and I also kind of agree with him that some of Marx's ideas that I've looked into I'm not I wouldn't call myself an expert on Marx or Marxism but I agree with Kyle that from what I've read from Marx. I I read the Communist Manifesto. I kind of... I, I can see where Kyle's coming from. I disagree with Marx on a lot of things. Like, I disagree that, for instance, we need a dictatorship of the proletariat. I disagree with that completely. I think that we need a democracy of the proletariat, but not a dictatorship. So... That's one area where I disagree. I disagree that you can use the state to somehow eliminate the state, you know. Um, the closest thing to that would be an actual democratic socialist society where... And even then, that's not necessarily, not necessarily a government system. That's more of a representation where it's, it's a representative government where but but the representatives have equal power to the workers so it still is a relatively decentralized society a a true democratic socialist society and there's one other thing i was gonna say oh and marx seemed to me to be more of a violent revolutionary i'm more of a, what I would call a self-defense revolutionary. And that is, first, go with strikes. But if strikes are met by the owner class with violence, then yes, you can defend yourself, but don't initiate violence, you know? And I know some people, like, even though I like libertarian socialist rants, uh, Cameron is his name. He's a, I'm sure he's a, uh, a really nice guy and I can tell he's a really nice guy. He's from Scotland and he's basically said, well, technically if we initiate violence, it is self-defense because the capitalists are oppressing us. <sighs> Cameron, that's mental gymnastics, man. I hate to tell you, but that, you know, so, so don't, 
initiate the violence, you know, and don't even resort to violence unless you get attacked first. Then, of course, you can defend yourself. I'm not going to, you know, advocate, oh, the workers just, uh, you, you just sit there and take it because in that case, you may as well not have even had the strike or the protest or whatever. But uh, just be careful and don't don't become what you're trying what you claim to be fighting against because so if you use force and you you claim that the capitalists use force that makes you a hypocrite that you're you're being a total hypocrite and you just shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't be a hypocrite so anyway let's carry on with mr kolinsky here Again, I'm an international centrist. I like the social democracies. I like Norway, Denmark, Iceland, Sweden. I think that's a model to essentially almost as good as a society can get with flawed human beings running it. I think there's maybe we could get a little better than that, but I don't know how much better. I don't believe in a utopia, but I believe in close to a utopia. Listening to a guy like Russell Brand, I think he wants to go further. So okay. So, I'm with Kyle in the sense that I don't believe that, uh, as I said earlier in this podcast, I don't believe that libertarian socialism and anarcho-communism will result in a 100% all-the-time utopia, but I actually, I would actually argue that where he says we can get close to a utopia, I believe that the, like that's my argument for libertarian socialism and anarcho-communism, is we can get close to that. There are still going to be some problems, but we can get close to that. And so I disagree with his premise that social democracy is the closest we can get to a utopia. No, I think anarcho-communism is the closest you can get to a utopia. Again, that doesn't mean there's not going to be problems. There are. But there will certainly be less since workers will be happier. They won't be as desperate. They won't need to rob or steal or, or well, same thing, but, uh, or, um, racket. That's what I was going to try. They won't try to, you know, there won't be any, you know, larceny, money laundering, none of that stuff. So, uh, so there will definitely be issues, but not as many issues in the current society. That's how the, theory goes, and it's empirical, if you look at, for instance, George Orwell's Homage to Catalonia, he himself in that book says that he's amazed at how well the people got along and they were happy and content, and uh, again, the Catalonia, revolutionary Catalonia, only lasted for three years, but it gave people like me who was born 60 years after that revolution happened in 1936, it gave me hope that, you know, it, it is possible. We just have to figure out how to um, prolong that type of society's existence. So, Kyle, continue. 
So where do I disagree? Well, when he says, well, I don't want there to be a pyramid for people to get to the top of. I just want to get rid of the pyramid. I say, no, I don't think that coincides with human nature. I think you need the pyramid. I think we're apes, okay? And apes are very tribal by their nature. We should fight against that instinct, but no matter what we do, it's always going to exist to a certain extent. So that's why we have sports, and we love sports. It's, ah, oh, that team versus that team. They're wearing green. They're wearing yellow. Ah, fight. We love it. And war, that's why war still continued to this day. And then also there's religious reasons and political reasons and economic reasons. But we're very tribal. And I think you need some system to harness our greed and our meritocracy. It's in us. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Aha. Here we go. The classic human nature fallacy. So Kyle's like, hey, man. Yeah, a collective and cooperative society sounds nice in theory, but our human nature goes against it. <clears throat> Wrong. Uh, there is obviously an aspect of our human nature that is very competitive, but there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which also talks about how you need to feel fulfilled in your everyday life. You need to feel accepted. You need to feel included. You know, so these are all arguments for our side. You know that. You know. So what I would say to Kyle is, okay, you're concerned about harnessing, as you call it, one aspect of human nature, but I just gave you three or four other aspects of human nature. Why don't you work on harnessing those? So he's focusing on half the picture. So and then he says, well, I think we need a meritocracy. In a way, if you had a more libertarian socialist society or in spe specifically a mutualist society, you would get what you deserve. You would get so what Kyle defines as meritocracy is the harder you work, the further you go. That's how he defines meritocracy. Technically, he's right that that wouldn't, that wouldn't give you a whole lot of like, like political power, but, or like wealth as we like, like capital wealth. He's right. Here's where he's wrong, though. What mutualism says, basically, is, hey, if you worked for, let's do the typical eight or nine hours. If you worked, if you worked that and uh, you produced, let's say, I don't know, let, let's use a simple uh, analogy. Let's say you are an apple picker at an apple orchard, okay? And let's say you picked 40 apples, let's say. So, in one day, in one eight-hour day, 40 apples. Well, in that case, since you picked 40 apples you deserve something like 40 apples or 40 bottles of water or 40, I don't know, um, 40 
wine like like 40 glasses of wine i i don't know just you know so you would get that in return so you picked 40 apples and you would get in the mutualist system you would get 40 apples in return or 40 waters or 40 uh slices of bread let's there's a simple one so or you could go to a mutualist store and you could say, hey, I wrote down or, or, or you could write down. This is the labor note system. You could write down. I worked. I don't know. Uh, the typical work week, I'll use the 40 thing again. Typical work week is 40 hours. So you could go to the store and say, hey, I worked 40 hours. I'd like. 20 oranges and 20 bottles of water or something like that. So that's how that goes. And again, there's many, many more aspects to human nature than just the competitive thing. And there's no, there's no, there's no opposition in my mind on or two, there's no opposition to, to to competition that I know about in uh, in leftist economic and social theory. It's true that you you can't compete to make yourself exponentially more powerful than somebody else. But you can still compete to pick the most apples and your incentive would be, here's your incentive. This is what, uh, so especially in a mutualist system, this is your incentive. If you want to get, let's keep sticking with the fruit example. If you want to get six bananas, you're going to bust your ass to make sure that you pick six bananas so you get six bananas back in return for your work. So there's incentive structure right there for you. So Kyle, he's just, he's very ignorant on the issue of collectivism and cooperation. So he's still going to make a few not so great points here in the remainder of the video, which is like a minute, minute and a half to go. So, I don't want to try to pretend like it's not in us and end up creating a worse system. Okay, so I disagree with that, man. And then here's the biggest disagreement. He says, wherever you can, take away the profit motive. No, 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 I think it's the opposite. I think the default position, since we're, uh, you know, greedy by our nature and we're vicious by our nature but we're also good people and altruistic by our nature it's it's a mixed bag okay so there he goes again with and this is what I was saying in my video that I did criticizing him for this video you just said we're a mixed bag so that would refute your or at least to be fair, he probably thought better of it and he 
was more refined and nuanced in the in the second time he brought up the human nature thing than the first time, but I do see it as somewhat logically inconsistent because he he said quite definitively in the first part of the video that it's not in our nature it's in our nature to be competitive and and to be uh, meritocratic and to you know, want to, you know, just want to compete with each other and beat the next person, blah, 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 blah. But then, just a couple minutes later, he goes, oh, but we're also altruistic and, you know, and, and uh, loving by our nature. Well, why can't you harness that aspect of it? Why can't you... So, do you see what I'm saying? That, that it's an inconsistency that I spotted in his video and I've seen this video like a hundred times so I know it back and front but uh backwards and forwards I mean <laughs> so anyway uh that's a totally inconsistent argument and uh, so again this is why I'm saying he I'm not really sure that he's necessarily thought this through there's only a minute left to go so uh let's keep going but I think it's use the profit motive where you can and just whenever the wherever the profit motive shows itself to be too greedy to, to work, that's when you have government and collectivism step in. OK, and that's why I always say I'm in favor of universal education, universal health care. OK, so he's going to go through universal education, universal health care and all those policies that I agree with as a, a starting point. But Kyle treats those policies as the end-all, be-all, if you will. I see them as just a stepping stone in the right direction. So, he was talking about, oh, the, you know, the profit motive again, and I've... I've I'm not going to beat that dead horse. I've I've beat up on Kyle enough for the profit motive thing uh we're just not going to agree there kyle and i about the uh, profit motive so i'll move on to what he was saying about well you know we should have uh some things that are uh collectivized and controlled by the government essentially and i fear what he's saying is because he's like, well, that's when you when you can have collectivism and government step in and intervene. I fear what he's saying, and maybe I'm misunderstanding, but there, I fear what he's saying is Russell Brand is advocating for a government takeover of the economy and government forcing people to be collective and, you know, collectivistic is more of the uh, proper terminology. But Kyle, that's not what he said. You clearly heard him say, I want decentralized and deconcentrated power. That's not government. <laughs> you know, by definition, that is not government. So I don't know why you brought up the government. It has nothing to do with government. So... I don't know. And maybe he misspoke. I don't know because I've never talked to Kyle. I do want to meet him someday, but that, that was probably one of his worst 
arguments if he's indeed saying what I think he's saying, which is, oh, Russell Brand wants uh, government to enforce collectivization. No, that's nationalization, first of all. And second of all, the we don't want, you know, people like Russell Brand and I who have similar ideologies, I doubt it's exactly the same, but similar ideologies, we're not saying that the government should be responsible for that. And I, oh, this is why I brought up me watching the entire interview with Russell Brand. He never said, I want the government to do X, Y, and Z. He's not talking about the government, Kyle. So I don't know why you brought that up. But anyway, let's get through the last uh, 40, 50 seconds here. Even universal daycare, stuff like that. You need regulatory bodies to make sure your food isn't poisoned. You need to create infrastructure, okay? And like I always say, the Norway, Denmark, Iceland, Sweden, those are the places that ha- that have nailed it thus far, where they have just the right amount of socialism, which is government, right? Okay, Kyle. Eh, wrong. Socialism is not government. This is a point that libertarian socialist Rantz has made before, where he said that socialism is not simply anything that the government does. You know, that's not what socialism means. You know, socialism, for the 10 millionth time, is about worker control over the means of production, which means the workers get to decide what to produce, how to produce it, how much to produce. Um, so this is what socialism is. Socialism has nothing to do with redistribution of wealth, nothing to do with the welfare state, nothing to do with government, ideally, anyway. I know that Leninists would disagree with that, but like I said, this is why I'm not a Leninist. I disagree with, like, the notion that we have to have these vanguard parties and blah, 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 blah. No, we don't. <laughs> so what he is describing there is more along the lines of Leninism and Maoism rather than actual, legit, basic socialism. So, uh, and I can understand because a lot of people conflate all those things, but they're all different, and only two of those ideologies, Maoism and Leninism, advocate for state control over the means of production. Socialism by definition, advocates worker control over the means of production. And if you're somebody like Lenin, for instance, Lenin got rid of the worker cooperatives. He got rid of the Soviets. That's what Soviets were, were workers' councils and worker cooperatives. Lenin gradually, he, he for like five minutes, as I've said before, said, oh yeah, you guys can have control over the means of production, sure. And then... About five, ten minutes later, he was like, oh, did I say that? Uh, what I really mean is I'm just going to whittle away at workers' control and then put everything under government control and appoint my own bureaucrats to do my bidding and thus the bidding of the state, the strong centralized state, which is anathema to socialism to many, 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 many people. So uh, let's finish up here. And capitalism. 
which I think harnesses that thing that's within us. Regulate it, give people a shitload of vacation time, do like a four-day work week, right? That's something I would be in favor of. But this idea that you can kind of scrap everything and make to be totally collective and get rid of all the institutions and be that extra level of radical, that's where I think certain people on the left lose me. So even though I totally respect uh, Russell Brand, and I think he's a really smart guy, in, in some areas I slightly disagree with him. And there you have it. So there you can see the difference between the liberal solution to workers' woes, I guess, and the socialist solution to, and specifically the libertarian socialist um, solution to workers and how to give them more rights and more control or, or or how to provide more happiness for workers. We say make them happy and and have them be fulfilled by giving them more control over their own work, more control over the means of production. What liberals like Kyle say is oh just throw money throw more money at them and give them more vacation time. Kyle, that doesn't solve anything. Again, that's a mere tiny, tiny stepping stone in uh, the workers' rights movement and the movement towards a completely worker-based and resource-based economy. This is an end society. So his solution, again, is throw more money, basically appease the working class. And sooner or later, the working class is going to get tired of appeasement because what they want is... You know, ideally, what they should, uh, what what they should advocate for, they should be self advocates and advocates for their own, again, control over the means of production. So, anyway, that's it for Kyle. Now, I'm going to play a video from the Three Stooges. Uh, as I'm calling uh, these guys now, which is uh, it's Sean Hannity, Tammy Bruce, and Sean Spicer. So, as I said, Kyle at least was more intelligent and a little more articulate in what his arguments were, whereas intelligent and articulate obviously don't describe any of the people on this panel. And uh, for those who don't know, Tammy Bruce, her sort of function, especially with Fox News, when they bring her on Fox News, is to basically... She's part of the LGBTQ community, and her job at Fox News is basically to shit on and defame liberal LGBTQ people. So that's her kind of like what they do with Dave Rubin, the ex-liberal who's going to shit on liberals now, you know? So, and then they bring on somebody like, I don't know, Herman Cain. They bring on quite a bit. I don't know if they brought on Jesse Lee Peterson or not on Fox News, but those types of people to shit on black people. So 
classic Fox News tactic. But putting that aside, let's listen to these three clowns. And I have a lot to say about this, man. Oh, my God. Like I said, at least Kyle was somewhat intelligent with his arguments. These guys just don't give a fuck. These guys do not care about making intelligent arguments. They don't care about sounding articulate. They just care about fear-mongering and scaring their viewers. And, And to be fair, the other media outlets do that too. But Fox News in particular... It's like, oh, socialism, leftism. So, anyway, let's get to it. Of course, there's an ad. How lovely. So, here we go. All right, we've been telling you brand new sort of far-left socialism is now taking over the Democratic Party, a new radicalism. Now, for example, party leadership actually put out their socialist star, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez... Okay, 15 minutes, or 15 minutes, 15 seconds in, and I've already found about three things to pick apart. First of all, Sean Hannity. The Democratic Party is dominated by neoliberals. Do you know what neoliberalism is, Sean Hannity? No, of course you don't. And if you do, you're just uh, you're just lying and being a jackass and being a disingenuous prick. So, uh... So, for everybody that doesn't know, neoliberals are basically Bill Clinton, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Dianne Feinstein, Hillary Clinton, if I didn't already say her, both both Clintons, Barack Obama to a large extent. These people that, yes, they provide lip service to progressive causes and progressive ideas and policies, but that's just to appease their base. What they actually do, what those people actually do, so they'll be like, oh, I support gay people. I'm not a racist. Uh, Anyway, look the other way while I continue to suck up to the military-industrial complex and... Uh, defend Wall Street at every turn and advocate for every war ever and advocate for spying on all Americans. Which is, by the way, Pelosi and Feinstein both uh, supported the Patriot Act. So, So he's already wrong. And then he is saying, and then Sean is saying, hey, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is the new face. No, she's the freshest face and the most prominent of the freshest faces, but she's not the face. The face of the Democratic Party is still, again, your Clintons, your Pelosi's, your Schumer's, those people, because they have the most control over the Democratic Party, and they are not nearly as, quote-unquote, far left and radical as you present them. They are, as I've said a million times, centrists and sometimes center-right. So, uh, but it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, especially the people, my listeners here, that are more inclined to agree with me. It shouldn't be a surprise to you that Sean Hannity doesn't know what the hell he's talking about uh, when it comes to socialism. So, 
let's continue with these clowns. And I still have plenty, plenty more to debunk. And, oh, by the way, sorry, I do have one more thing to debunk. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as I've said again a million times, is not a socialist. She is a social democrat. And what that means is she supports a robust safety net with heavily regulated capitalism. That's what social democracy is. Yes, she's opposed to ICE, Sean, but... Even that's technically not true anymore because she said that she was going to abolish ICE and all of a sudden during the the shutdown she supports or, or sorry she funded or she voted to fund the Department of Homeland Security and that ICE is a branch of the Department of Homeland Security so now, you could say, well, maybe she just wanted to pay the workers. And I suppose, but as I said, I covered this story before, I think. As I said before, that still doesn't look good when one of your key promises was, hey, I'm going to abolish ICE. And then you fund ICE. You know, so that doesn't really make sense from a political standpoint. But. Uh, what Hannity is trying to say, uh, or what, what his network has been trying to say, and him, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants open borders. No, she wants to, at least in rhetoric, get rid of ICE. She's never said anything about Customs and Border Patrol. So, uh, that's just a total straw man and a very sleazy argument from Sean Hannity. But uh, he's not even close to done yet, so... On the House Financial Services Committee, that's where Maxine Waters is the new chairwoman. And don't forget about New York Mayor Comrade Bill de Blasio complaining about wealth. There's a lot of wealth in New York, but it's in the wrong hands. Whose hands is it in? The people that work. Oh, my God. The fact that this guy, that Sean Hannity, paints Bill de Blasio as a quote-unquote comrade... No, he's not. No, he's not. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Or I've ever heard from you, Sean Hannity. Oh my god. He is a neoliberal. He's not a an actual socialist. He is a neoliberal. And although he... Uh, may talk a good game about, oh, we need to redistribute the wealth and we need to blah, 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 blah. He doesn't actually believe that, Sean, and he's not actually going to implement that policy. Mark my words. So he's just, oh, my God. So look, not even 30 seconds into this video, and there's plenty more stupid to come. Or maybe 19 hours a day to pay taxes? Anyway, and he wants to confiscate private property from landlords if he thinks or... No, he doesn't. He's a neoliberal centrist prick. He's a, he's a corporatist. He's a capitalist. He's not going to do that. He's not going to confiscate private property. Oh, and the quote or the, uh, the source for that, because he's, he's doing the whole you know, newspaper clipping graphic thing that he does. His source for that 
is Fox News. <laughs> oh my God. At least for the other one, for the, oh, we want to redistribute the wealth. At least he used the New York Times. But he cites his own, <laughs> his own network for the, oh my God. Anyway, so that's such a Fox News thing. Fact check people using Fox News sources. <laughs> oh, God, I love this guy. I love this network so much for all the wrong reasons. But, oh, my God. Deems them unlivable. And, of course, out in the left wing, California, you got Gavin Newsom, the new governor, other lawmakers. They are now, in spite of a 13... 13- okay. Gavin Newsom, again, is a neoliberal. He supports neoliberal policies. So he might talk a good game, but in reality, de Blasio and Newsom and all these people that you claim to be left wing and far left and blah, 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 blah. They're neoliberals that are just, just handing their base something. They're just, you know, rhetorically speaking, throwing a bone to their base. That's, all they're doing, Sean. That's all they're doing. So they're not actually principled leftists or even liberals. They are neoliberals and support neoliberal policies like Obama and the Clintons and blah, 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 where it's austerity, it's uh, deregulation. Yeah, so that's what they support. And you would know that if you weren't such a hack, but you are the worst partisan hack of all the partisan hacks on either side, quote unquote, side of the pundit circle, other than maybe Rachel Maddow, who's like, defend the corporate Democrats at all costs, you know, so and parrot their talking points. So. Hannity, even though you don't like Rachel Maddow, you are the Rachel Maddow of the Republicans. That's what you are, my friend. So, anyway, carry on. And a half percent state income tax on top of your federal income tax. Well, they now want you to pay for your drinking water. But again, taxation has nothing to do with socialism. It's just taxation to fund social programs, even though they are social programs. This is a social democratic policy. Taxation and spending and spending on public goods, that's a that's social democracy. That's not actual socialism. The, the workers in California and the workers in New York have no control over the means of production, Sean. So therefore, they cannot be considered socialist politicians or or, or or cities run by socialist politicians. There we go. By the way, they're now banning paper receipts because it's not good for the environment. Joining us with Reaction Now, American First, Action Senior Advisor, Sean Spicer, Fox News contributor, Tammy Bruce. Um, you were once a liberal. It's hard to imagine that. I, but I do remember back in the day. Well, liberalism was, is not this. Everything you're describing, this is not. I remember John F. Kennedy did well because he oh, he campaigned on tax cuts. Liberalism really is about allowing people to live the lives that best suit them. But you're not able to do that if the government is controlling every breath you take. This is something very different. Uh, a genuine classical liberalism is about getting people and government off your back, personal responsibility, and being left alone effectively, but being a responsible citizen. 
that's what liberalism is. So when you see what's going on here, but I have to say that it is not a coincidence. Okay. So believe it or not, part of what Tammy Bruce just said, I actually kind of agree with in the sense that that classical liberalism and what we call liberalism today are not necessarily the same. You know, that th- there's a difference there where ca- classical liberalism is more of an ANCAP type of thing, or at least like the last step before you get to full, full-blown anarcho-capitalism. So, in a way, she's kind of right, but by the modern definition of liberal, which is def- which is basically saying somebody that advocates, at least in rhetoric, for social democratic policies. I forgot where I was going with this. But uh, so, in a way, by that definition, oh yeah, they are liberals. So... So she's trying to say, well, they're not classical liberals. True. But by the modern definition of liberalism, they are liberals. Sorry to burst your bubble, Tammy, but uh, that is the case. And again, lib- uh, socialism has nothing to do with taxation, nothing to do with the safety net. It's That's called social democracy, Tammy. That's not socialism. Uh, that uh, both de Blasio and then you have Gavin Newsom within the same week effectively announced their expansion of health care for illegal aliens. Keep in mind what this means. Who pays for that? Well, not only who pays for that, but, but the, the, um, the de Blasio plan won't really completely take effect or really work until after 2021. I contend all of this, and Sean, I think you might agree, both Sean, Sean squared, uh, is that this is really about... Sean Stereo here. Sean Stereo. Um, This is about organizing and getting out the vote and registering young people who never have been registered before. So they don't have to deliver. They're they're talking up all of this uh, stuff. The same thing with the New Green Deal. It's about hubs of registering uh, young people, organizing them, and getting them to vote. The Republicans don't have something comparable. Uh, Donald Trump is the one uh, who can make something like that happen, but that's what this is. And I think that we as Republicans, as we were disappointed with the Republican Party or conservatives, I'm actually, I'm still a Democrat in California, uh, but what we're disappointed in is when you're told one thing and that thing does not happen, like repealing and replacing Obamacare. A lot of young people and a lot of Democrats, if they believe what they're hearing now, are going to be very disappointed when they found out that they're just being used for votes in 2020 for the establishment to stay in power. Look, uh, Tammy... Okay, so a lot to unpack there. So, she starts off by saying that, <clears throat> oh, de Blasio and Newsom, these guys want to expand healthcare for uh, illegal immigrants. Okay, admittedly, I don't know if that's true, but if it is true, again, you got to evaluate this stuff on a case-by-case basis. So... If these are illegal aliens or illegal immigrants with no prior criminal record, no criminal history, of course give them health care. And if they pay taxes, which most of them do, contrary to uh, popular conservative belief, the illegal immigrants 
pay in more, way more than they take out because they can't qualify for almost any welfare programs. They can't, like I've said before, they can't get SNAP, they can't get CHIP, they can't get, um, <clears throat> sorry, they can't get standard welfare, they can't get food stamps, they can't get all these programs that conservatives are, oh, fearmonger about, they can't benefit from those. So, you know, quite literally. So, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, Tammy, yes, the Democrats use people to get votes. But so do the Republicans! The Republicans are exactly the same in that respect. True, the bases are different, but the Republicans use the exact same strategy and spare me the whole, oh, you know, Trump uh, is going to make sure that the establishment doesn't get in power. Trump is the goddamn establishment. Trump is the establishment. He's doing the bidding of the establishment. He's doing the biddings of the neocons in the, in the Pentagon. He's doing the bidding of Wall Street by deregulating the shit out of Wall Street again, which is going to lead to a big financial crisis again that my generation is going to have to clean up. That mess, we're going to have to clean that up. So stop it. Spare me with this, oh, he's anti-establishment bullshit. That's such bullshit and you know it, Tammy. You know it. But again, you have to play the role of, ooh, I'm a Democrat and I'm and, and I'm a gay woman and I'm going to shit on Democrats and gay women now and gay people overall. Yo, so that's your role, and that's ex that's your role to play, and that's why exactly why Fox News loves you, and I don't know why they don't put you on more often because you embody everything that they love. You employ the tactics, I should say. You employ the tactics that they love. Every single tactic that they love, you are great. I'll admit at at spouting that and following the Fox News formula, which is. Shit on the side you used to be on and shit on your own community to make us, the conservatives, look better. You know, that is Fox News in a nutshell. But uh, Tammy is not done. He's right. I mean, we are now selling socialism as a good thing to young people in this America. Uh, we are not reminding them that people flee countries like Venezuela because socialism is a bad thing. It oppresses people. It undermines things. And Okay, so I was wrong. It was Sean Spicer that's talking next. <sighs> you idiot. Venezuela is not a socialist country. The functions of the capitalist system have not been abolished in Venezuela. They've been undertaken by the state, a.k.a. state capitalism. That's what Venezuela is. That's what it is, I'm telling you. So... Spare me this, oh, they flee socialist countries, you know, these immigrants, they they flee socialist countries to come here and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they flee authoritarian countries, but the countries that they are fleeing from are not socialist because workers do not have control over the means of production, Sean. Actually, both Sean's. So, Venezuela, the, you know, Fox News' new favorite buzzword that doesn't support your argument. So, but of course, Sean Spicer wouldn't know that. So, I, I wish the government and the 
uh, Democrats and the education system. I wish they would all educate people on what socialism is, but it's not in their interest because the Democrats are almost as capitalist as the Republicans. But because some of them, and only a tiny fraction of them, want some program to... Uh, some programs to help regular people. You go, oh, socialist, socialist. We, you know, the Democrats are going socialist now. Uh, no, they never have. They never will. So, anyway, Mr. Spicer, continue. Uh, whoops, sorry. There. Come on. And they flee those countries to come to America, where the American dream is what people want to aspire to. Capitalism is at the root of this. And we've made it a negative word because the Democrats have demonized hard work and capitalism. And and, and I think that we've got... <laughs> oh, that's so hilarious. The Democrats have demonized hard work and capitalism, and the American dream is still a thing. Those are basically Sean Spicer's arguments, and capitalism is at the center of that. What? I mean, technically, he's right. But you say that government involvement in the economy is socialism. So by your definition of socialism, socialism actually helped uh, the American dream come true because there were the New Deal programs and there were things like the GI Bill, which helped uh, veterans and families of veterans afford housing and automobiles and, and things of that nature. Yeah. That was, by your logic, that stuff is socialism. Now, again, in my view, and in a lot of other people's view with you know, that share my view, that is state capitalism. But by your definition, those programs that helped the American dream along would be socialist programs, not capitalist programs. So... It, it's just so disingenuous, and again, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. But, of course, this is Fox News, so of course, nobody's going to know what the hell they're talking about uh, on this particular issue and on this particular panel in particular. So, anyway, um, carry on. Oh, and by the way, what he's talking about, the American Dream, during that period... Taxes on the top 1 or 0.01% were over 90%. Now, of course, nobody paid that because there's deductions and loopholes, but still, uh, you're left with a rate of about 40 to 50% uh, over a certain amount. That is way above what we have today, obviously. And when taxes were that high on the wealthy, we had the biggest and most prosperous middle class ever, ever in the history of the world. Uh, and now, social mobility and economic mobility, those things are more attainable in Canada than in the U.S. So the, the American dream has become the Canadian dream. So... Spare me, Sean. Both of you. <laughs> this video has two minutes to go, and then I will get into the news.
got to remind people she's right. We've got to start talking about what's at stake. Donald Trump led the fight for tax reform, which allowed people to go to work, keep more of what they earn, put their families in a better position, save more for their kids' college education. False. As I told you, over a decade, 83% of the benefits of Trump's tax bill will go to the top 1%. That's not putting more money in people's pockets, Mr. Spicer. That, or at least regular people's pockets. That's putting more money into the hands of rich people and more money into their pockets. So you're right if you said, hey, this tax bill uh, puts more money into uh, the rich, the, their pockets. That would be a correct statement. But workers don't get nearly anything. You know, their, their tax breaks are infinitesimal and they expire after a decade but uh the tax cuts for the rich surprise surprise are permanent so spare me sean spare me spare me spare me spare me maybe allow them to take a vacation or repair the house in a way that they hadn't for for years under obama oh shut up this idea of socialism being cool is, is ignoring is what has happened in history. People fled socialist countries for a reason, and we have forgotten to but tell that story. one of the reasons that Nancy Pelosi, you know, dollar for the wall Pelosi, that she can't make a deal with the president, is because that base that now runs the Democratic Party in Congress, her base will turn on absolutely. her in a lickety split yes, second. Yeah, and not only that, absolutely, but, but Tammy, the point that she made in her, what she was saying is... is okay. <sighs> socialism is not popular within the Democratic Party, even in the new, the the new recruits, so to speak, AOC, uh, Rashida Tlaib. These people are social democrats, yes, but socialism is not something that they support. Sean, both Sean's. So, yes, the base has become more radical, as you call it. And some of them even want to abolish borders and they don't want to fund this border wall. But I say, good, this wall is bullshit. It will not solve a damn thing. You know, so, and again, I'm not for completely open borders until, of course, we get rid of the state. But... Uh, I'm not for Trump's immigration policy and I'm not for putting up this stupid wall, which is just symbolic nonsense and nothing more. It's not going to be effective. It's not pragmatic. It's not practical at all. It's just a gigantic waste of money. And you're right that Pelosi, if the, if the base gets wind of, of, or if the base finds out that Pelosi, for instance, caved to Donald Trump on this border wall issue, yeah, they're going to get pissed. So he's right about that, but not everybody in the Democratic base supports open borders or whatever. So he's conflate. So what Sean is doing, an increasing number do, but what both Sean's are doing is they're conflating Trump not support or not supporting Trump's border wall with having completely open borders. Sean, that's not true. Spicy and Hannity, 
you're both wrong. That's not true, and you know that's not true. You guys know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them credit here, probably more credit than they deserve, but they have to know that that's not true. That that's not that's not a thing. You know, the the Democrats, a majority of them, still want some measure of border security. So, ugh. Equally important. Every one of those folks is running or thinking about running for president. And what they are doing is try to stake out the furthest position left so that they can get <laughs> a group of key uh, voters. Yeah, and let me just say, though, that uh, it is going to be up to the Republicans, to the president, to everyone who cares about the country to, in fact, speak up about this and against yes. it, because they're also relying on the Republicans being defensive and not not educating the American people. Uh, and, and they're the only ones who are going to have to do it. The, the Democrats know this is a failed uh, dynamic. They don't even really expect to implement it. They are lying to their constituencies. This nation is, is at stake. And what the Republicans and what the president in particular chooses to do in educating especially young people will be key okay so again tammy bruce is probably the person that made the most sense or at least made the least bad points uh on this entire panel because she's right in a way when she says oh the the democratic base doesn't realize they're being lied to some do, but I agree that some don't. Like some of the more moderate neoliberals in the base, the the more centristy type Democrats in the base, which thank God is becoming a, d- a dwindling number. Uh, or what was I going to say? No, the the neoliberals in the government is what I meant to say. The neoliberals in the government are lying to the Democratic base. Tammy's right on that. She's wrong uh, in the sense that it's a bad thing, or that that it's... Uh, or she She's wrong in the sense that the Democrats, or the base of the Democrat Democratic Party, th- that they're not, like, getting wise. No, they know they're being lied to. I mean, an increasing number know they're being lied to, but you're right in the sense that they are being lied to. So I'm going to give her about 10% credit on that. So, but then again, Sean Spicer before them was like, Oh, people flee socialist countries and blah, 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 blah. No, they flee authoritarian countries. You jackass. They don't flee socialist countries because even the concept of a socialist country in my view, and in a lot of other socialist views shouldn't be a thing. So, and really haven't been a thing because, again, workers have not had control over the means of production in those countries, you monumental, sleazy jackass. It's very appealing because what they're going to do is a power play, too, because what they're saying is we're going to take their money, confiscate it, we're going to give it to you, and you got to vote for me. Most and Americans won't agree with that, though, and we've got to remember that the American people don't like that. They want fairness. That is not fairness. They know what bottom works. Bottom 50% of wage earners pay 2% of the income tax bill. Two. But everyone is doing better now. They'll continue okay. to do better well, under we... President Trump, and, and that's what we've got to make sure people understand why and how. All right, thank you both. Good to see you. Okay, so, again, lot to unpack there. So, I'm going to address first Sean Hannity's last point, which is, oh, 2% peep, two of, uh, of Americans... Uh, 
what was he saying? Uh, that the working class Americans pay just 2% of the uh, tax bill. Yeah. Because, again, the rich have all the fucking money. That's why. Like, oh, the, 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 the working class pays such a small percentage of the tax burden. Yeah, because they don't have any money, you dipshit. And you're pretending as if you care about, oh, you know, what if, you know, we don't want to raise taxes on the, uh, you know, like, like, oh, the Democrats are going to raise taxes on the working class. In some cases, probably, yes, it, for the, like, Bernie Sanders style Democrats, maybe a little bit. But again, as I've been through before, if you implement Medicare for all, you actually net save money uh, on your insurance premiums. So, because insurance premiums wouldn't exist. So, uh, unless you, of course, bought private supplemental insurance. But, anyway, uh, Tammy Bruce and Sean Hannity were saying basically, oh, socialism, and like, like their definition of socialism, which is redistribution of wealth, isn't popular among Americans. Okay, but 70% of Americans uh, now support Medicare for all, including over 60% of Republicans, and they support programs like raising taxes on the rich, and they support, for instance, I think it's... 80% of the American people want to raise the minimum wage. So, in a way, those are redistribution policies. So, what are you saying that, like, like I don't get how you rationalize then the whole, oh, you know, um, the workers uh, or, or the, uh, the working class, they don't support this and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Ugh. Like, regular Americans don't support redistribution policies. That's not true. So it's it's insane, man. But that's how Fox News operates. They go with the most ridiculous talking points and present it as if it's the most reasonable talking points, you know? So uh but anyway, <laughs> 